Okay, and welcome to QLC Radio. And we have another installation of the Big Question series. So, sit back and relax whilst I answer questions that nobody asked, but I wanted to answer anyway. And last time we did a quickfire round, and I thought that worked quite well. It was just me, and once again, right now, it's just me. I might do this series again with someone else, or an episode like this, quickfire questions with someone else, but at the moment, I'm quite enjoying this. And I think the reason I like it is because I'm just sort of figuring things out for myself as well, and just finding out where I stand on a lot of things and just what my own opinion is because you know sometimes before before anyone asks these kind of questions you don't really even know where you stand on it so I think that's why I'm enjoying it so much because I don't even know where I stand on half these questions and if I have an opinion or not so it's quite nice for me to be figuring out what the hell do I think and with that I will get into it and also I should say this uh, this deep question series or big question series rather was only meant to run for like six episodes but hey I really like it and I have actually got more planned and I was thinking you know that this was only going to be a, a, a midway between getting to series two but I'm thinking do you know what? I'm just going to carry on doing this and this can just be a segue into series two or maybe when I finish with the big questions I'll just have a series three with going back to whatever the hell it was I was talking about in the first place but um yeah. So, without further ado, I will be doing maybe another three or four questions, and maybe more. Let's see how quickly I go through them. And I'm going to start with... Oh, what will I start with? Okay, they're right here. So again, I'm on a website, and I'm just going to be going through random questions. So, here we go. Number one for today's episode. Is it possible for a human to fathom the true depths of reality and existence? No. <laughs> I mean, I, I just straight up think no. And I'll explain why. I think there are just so many things out there that, first of all, we don't even understand. Like, you have things like black holes, and we don't even know what they're all about. We have some theories, and we have some maths to kind of get an idea of what might be going on there, but we have no idea. And even just a little bit closer to home as well, just the bottom of the oceans we have no idea what's going on there we can only go down like a thousand feet and then the pressure gets too much and we can't see anything further than that so we have literally no idea what's going on out there or even on our own planet and i don't think we ever will to be quite honest i, I mean technology is going to get a lot better and we're going to be able to reach a lot more of our own planet we're going to be able to understand a lot more we're going to figure out more equations we're probably going to be able to dive deeper down into the particle understand things like that but there's still going to be so much that we're never going to know. Like, if there's 100% of knowledge to learn about in the universe, we're at, like, 0.0000000001 right now. And I think we can get to, like, 0.0000001 if we're lucky. Like, that's how little I think we know. And just to put it in perspective, when you think about space and you think about the universe, the size of it is just incredible. Like, in terms of... I was watching a video the other day, but like in terms of what we will be able to access, in terms of what's plausible for us to access, and this isn't even with today's technology, this is assuming that we're going to achieve like light speed travel or something like that, we'd still only ever be able to see 7% of the observable universe. Anything else is beyond our reach, even at traveling like at the speed of light. So that still leaves 93% of the universe we're never ever going to be seen we're never ever going to see and it's just not even accessible to us and that's of the observable universe who knows what's unobserved do you know, <laughs> you know what i mean it's mental and it's like 
traveling at the speed of light. Ah, so again, I'm trying to like put this into more perspective. It's so like from the sun to planet Earth, right? So the light from the sun to reach planet Earth takes approximately eight minutes. Now to go to like our nearest star, I think it takes something like three light years to get there, maybe more. And that's so bearing in mind that's tra so the speed of light, right? I don't know the exact uh, speed it's at, but I know it's equivalent to like it could go around the planet in the time I have said the word planet. You know, that's how quick it is. And even then, traveling at that speed, we still wouldn't be able to get to our next star and next habitable planet for like three years traveling at that speed. You know, that just gives you an idea of how vast our universe is and what we will just never be able to see. And yeah, so it's, there we go. No, no, I don't think we will ever fathom the true depths of reality or existence. Um, and that's just using space as an example. There's so many other things that we could go down this route as well. There's, you know, what is there in afterlife? Is that part of reality? Is reality just right now? Like, can we fully understand that? I mean, like I said in the last one, some of us think we're living in simulations. So <laughs> we still don't even know what's right in front of us. We just don't even understand it. So yeah, no, we're never going to understand. And going back to the space thing, I remember, oh, I can't remember where I saw it, but I saw like quite a nice analogy for it because I think we're getting to the point because we are knowing a lot more and we can see a lot more looking out into the universe and whatnot so the analogy that was drawn is being in a book right so let's say it's like a Harry Potter book and we're I don't know we're like we're Neville Longbottom yeah <laughs> I don't know why I said him but he's you know he's a character in Harry Potter right but he's not particularly significant without him Harry Potter's still going to keep going that whole franchise is still going to keep going he's not an important character and it's like neville longbottom all of a sudden becoming aware that he's in a story but the story's not about him and that's what the analogy was it didn't use neville longbottom but it, the analogy was is you know we're in this huge story right now and we're aware that we're in a story but we can't do anything about it because the story's not about us and there's so much we're not going to know because we're not the main characters and that I thought was quite a nice analogy to what the universe is. It's like we're aware of it. We can see so much out there. And we're, you know, we're scratching away more each time. But the story's not about us because the universe is so big. How could it ever be about us? And therefore, there's so much we're not going to fathom. On the bright side, though, because I realise that might be a bit of a bummer to realise. that you know, Me telling you the story's not about you. Um, and that, that's not what I mean on an individual level. That's just on a really grand, grand scale. But I think one thing that's quite nice about that, though, is because, the, you know, when you, you realize how kind of small we are on that large scale of things, it makes you realize, like, Christ, well, maybe I should start living my life in a, you know, in a, in a way I see fit, in a good way. I should stop trying to be, you know, in situations that are going to stress me out. I should do things that are going to make me happy. I should do things that are going to make the people around me happy. And I shouldn't worry about judgment because... And on that grander scale, what does it matter? Obviously, this only applies to you doing good things with your life. If you're going to be a criminal, don't do, don't listen to what I just said. Then, <laughs> so, but yeah, that that's what I think. It's it's quite a daunting thing to think about, but at the same time, when you come to terms with it, perhaps it's quite a relief as well. At least that's what I think, because it kind of again gives you a ticket to realize, like, whoa, shit, you know, I've I've really got to make this count, you know, because of how small I am and my existence, and I've I've got to do some good with it. 
and that's my two cents on the matter. So, once again, this has become a little bit of a self-help podcast, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so in answer to that question, no, I don't think it's possible for humans to fully fathom the true depths of reality and existence. Now, let's find another one. Okay, here we go. Will the human race continue... Oh, sorry. What will happen to the future of the human race long after we are gone? So I guess this is talking about future generations. Hmm. Well, in the far, far future, I guess there's a beginning and there's an end to everything, right? Um, dinosaurs were here for like 60 years and now they're not. I think it's probably safe to assume that that will happen to us as well. That one day we also won't be here. I don't know how that's going to happen. I know there's a lot of talk about... In fact, I've addressed this in one of my other podcasts. I know people think it might be global warming or some sort of mass annihilation. Now, I'm going to assume even if some of those things do happen that at least a small percentage of us are still going to be here and still going to be able to continue the human race. So in the short term, I think we're going to go through a lot of challenges and I think we are going to... we're going to suffer potentially quite a lot. This idea of like great filters, that's a Kanda mentioned in one of my earlier episodes. There's still quite a few of them to go through and that could become quite tricky. But I still think some of us will make it. However... I would have thought that eventually we will pass on in the same way that the dinosaurs did as a species. Saying that, we do have more options, though, than the dinosaurs. And the thing, and my thinking behind that is because of our way of processing the world around us and processing information. We are much more able to manipulate the world around us and ourselves in a way that no other animals or species on this planet has ever been able to do, at least to our knowledge anyway. So I think there's a possibility that maybe we could exist in another way and who knows, like maybe we'll be able to upload our consciousness into like a computer or a, and, you know, and shoot it off into space or something where it's going to be using solar power to be always going. <laughs> so maybe we continue in some very strange fashion like that. And that's, that's not outside the realms of possibility. You know, like I said, technology is on an exponential past 100 years or so. It's crazy. So who knows what's possible, actually. In terms of our physical kind of bodies and whether this planet is always going to be hospitable to us, no, I, I don't think that's... I think it's safe to assume that at least the planet is not always going to be here. And, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens, won't we? But, oh, I don't know where I stand on that now. No, I think there's an end to everything, so eventually we will end. But we could prolong it perhaps quite a long time with things, like I said, the technological advancement that's going to allow us to be in space in a big computer or something. Promise I'm not high. I'm just <laughs> This is just something that I'm thinking about as we go along. Okay, that was kind of a short one. Let's see what else we have here on this page of big questions. Is the meaning of life the same for animals and humans? Does life have a true meaning in the first place? That's an interesting one. And I have spoken about the meaning of life as well in another podcast, but let's talk about it in relation to this. Is it the same as animals? On a biological level, the most basic meaning for life is just to continue, right? It's just to procreate and to just keep going. 
So on that level, yes, our meaning of life, in my opinion, is the same as animals. Animals want to keep going, and so do we. We don't know why we have this drive to keep going, why we want to procreate, but we do, and so do animals. So the meaning of life in that sense, I think, is the same. And do we have anything additional, though, on top of that? Yes. Yes, I think we do. Or maybe maybe animals do as well, but they just don't realise it. But perhaps we are able to realise it more than they are. So let's say, for example, let's say the meaning of my life is that I'm just supposed to engage people in a podcast. There we go. I'm just meant to make people think a little bit. I'm just meant to, you know, perhaps bring a smile to someone's face through this medium of a podcast. Perhaps that's part of my meaning. It's not, not a huge one, but maybe that's why I'm here, because who knows, maybe my words might, you know, resonate with someone and they're going to feel good or they're going to act on it and do something good with their life. Maybe that's what my meaning is. So we have the ability to therefore understand what our meaning is a little bit more. However, maybe animals, I don't know, let's say a dog, for example, a dog can bring a family a great joy. And you just see, you see owners and how much they love their dogs and how well they treat their dogs. And you see the love that their dog gives back to their owners as well. So perhaps like the meaning of some dog's life is that they're going to bring happiness to people and they're not aware of that that's you know that's just what they do so at a base level our meaning of life is the same at a slightly deeper level our meaning of life is different i would suppose but it doesn't mean that animals just stop at that biological element there i think they could still have more to it than that like who knows maybe one day we're going to find like we're in the coronavirus right now right that came from a bat maybe one day the meaning of life of another bat is that there's a cure in that particular one and that bat's going to be our savior who knows so i think we all do have a meaning of life in that sense we have that main biological one and then we have the other ones but it's always going to be different um and is ours more important than animals not necessarily no i i don't like to think of animals you know as being lesser than us they don't have the capabilities that we do they never will but that doesn't mean that you know they should be you know considered much lesser than us that they've still got their own life that they can do right but yeah so there we go that is what i think about there on the meaning of life for us and animals okay let's try and find another question i hope you guys are enjoying this back home like I said, a lot of these questions are ones that no one asked, but are just things that I would like to like to say. Just deciding this as I scroll through as well on this website. This website is called Oh. Huh. This website is called Mantelligence. Interesting name. I wonder why they've called it that. Makes me wonder, is this actually the best website to be getting this information off now? <laughs> if it's directed only at men, is that fair? Who knows? Anyways, let's see what else we've got here. Hmm. Okay, this is a this uh, this actually is a deep one. If life is so short, why do we do so many things we don't like? Okay, that is that's a really tough one, actually. My God, I'm not sure if I'm best placed to answer this. I guess I have to tackle it in the best way that I can. So, if life is so short, and is life short? don't know I, I i think that's a concept that's really hard to quantify like you don't know if life is short or long until 
But well, you never do, right? Because then when you're gone, you're not going to be able to look back and be like, oh, well, that was short, was it? So <laughs> I think that's a bit of a weird one in itself. I don't think you can quantify that. But I guess what it means, though, is like breaking it down to more real terms. A lot of people in their adulthood don't necessarily do the things that they love, the things that they enjoy. And, you know, it's a stereotypical that you go to school, you go to college, you study hard, you get a job, and there's a job you don't actually like. And you do that five days a week, you retire when you're 60, and then you've only got 20 years before you kick the bucket. And I, that's, I think that's basically why what that question is asking. And why, up until the point of retirement, did we do so many things that we didn't like? What was it? And I, I think one of the reasons is that we, as a species, when we, we need to do things, right? Like we, we just need to keep busy. I feel like it's almost like a flaw that we have as a species. <laughs> we're, we're very uncomfortable with just doing nothing. And I know a lot of people out there are going to say, well, I can do nothing easily. Uh, but really, can you? I, I don't think there are many people that are just going to sit there and do absolutely nothing. Like, have you seen these animal wildlife documentaries? You've seen lions. Li lions do fuck all. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, it's really good when they do start hunting and you get like the really good video footage. Most of the time, they're doing fuck all. They just lie around and just grunt. And every now and again, something exciting happens, like a hunt or another male comes along and there's a big fight. But a lot of the time, it's kind of just it's shit all, really. Um, there is some socialising between the other lions and things like that. But a lot of it is shit all. And do you think you could really live like a lion? And the answer is, I don't think so. I think you would need something to keep you occupied. And I think that's perhaps part of the reason why we do so many things that we don't like. I don't think you know, we're comfortable with doing nothing. And again, if you think you do nothing, I bet you're not. You know, our, our, the way we quantify nothing is very different. The way we quantify nothing is watching Netflix. It's playing PlayStation. It's things like that. Now, are you doing something productive that's going to, you know, better you or something that's going to contribute to the world around us? If you're doing those things, well, the answer is probably not. But it's still not doing nothing. You know, no one just gets up and then sits in bed for six hours and just thinks, you know what, that was a good day. You know, <laughs> we just can't do it. Even for short periods of time. Like, we can do these things. Like I say we. Like, there's this thing that you can do. And it's basically like a 10-day hiatus from life. And I think it's 10 days anyway. Where you can go to these monasteries where monks are. And you basically meditate for 10 days straight. And they'll feed you and everything like that. It might even be free so long as... Well, I say free. You probably give a donation at the end. But you can just basically lock yourself inside this monastery if that's the right word maybe it's monk house i don't know what <laughs> i don't know what you call these places wherever you go to meditate you'll go there lock yourself in for 10 days you don't talk to anyone you don't do anything you just sit there with your own thoughts and maybe if you've got practice at it it might be okay but uh, the people i've spoken to that have done it found it really fucking difficult and i'm not surprised in 10 days isn't a long time as well in what your lifespan is even though it says here if life is so short in that instance though life is very long because you know 10 days out of an entire life and those 10 days because you're doing nothing is going to feel like an absolute lifetime um but they always really struggle with it because it's just not in our nature to do nothing so we need stimulating and that can be different for different people it doesn't have to be like academic stimulating uh it doesn't have to be 
stimulation of like physical exercise like i said it could be stimulation of consumption and watching something and entertainment but i think we do need something to do and the fact of the matter is we can't keep ourselves entertained with netflix and playstation all day well maybe a very small minority of us can but i don't think the majority of us can because even though we enjoy it eventually we just have this pressure of oh christ i feel like i really need to be doing something productive now you stop on yourself you start thinking i really need to be doing something else this is not good and you feel shitty about yourself so that in answer that i think that some way goes to answering why we do so many things we don't like because a we just haven't got it in us to do nothing and b we can't do too much of a good entertaining nice happy thing for too long because it will lose its value and we'll start feeling guilty as well because we'll just be like we need to start doing something else and in terms of doing the things we don't like that's very speculative as well i think it's very different for someone to say oh i don't like my job to i hate my job and even then when you break it down are are they doing what they don't like you know some people are in a, in a bad situation and but some people will say oh you know i don't like my job or something but you break it down they actually really like the people they work with they like the you know the work life balance they might get they just don't like the actual work itself. So even then, there's kind of nuances to the things that we do that we supposedly don't like as well. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so to summarise for a second time, we do so many things we don't like because it's not in us to do nothing and we get guilty or we feel guilty if we do things that we like too much and it will lose its value as well. If you're watching Netflix all the time, that first initial hit it gives you that like whoa this is fantastic what a series you're not going to get that every time that's it, just not how we work so yeah that is my answer to that you guys should let me know whether this is the kind of episode that you'd like someone else on as well i can think of a few people that'd be very good for this to be honest but yeah do let me know because I'm starting to think to myself, maybe some of these, it would be good to bounce a few things off other people. But hey, let's see, hey, let's see. By the way, I'm not shitting on people who do watch Netflix and play PlayStation. I can tell you right now, that is a lot of what I do with my time. I, <laughs> you know, I'll work hard at work. I'll record a podcast now and again. I've started going to the gym, actually, now that the gym's opening back up. But there is a lot of just marinating on the sofa, you know, and it's it's great. Actually, I love it. I'm not going to lie. So, <laughs> you know, in small portions, there's nothing wrong with it. Tell you what, though, the gym coming back. Fuck me. That has been so good. I, I didn't realize how much I missed it. It was I've been doing like these little home workouts in for the past. Well, Christ, for since lockdown started, right? Just to kind of, you know, get me through and stay fit. And it was also kind of a social thing. I didn't do it by myself. I did it with other people. But yeah, now that the gym's back, it just feels so good. Uh, well, actually, mentally it feels good. My body feels like absolute shit now. I feel like I've been run over by a train. I, I, <laughs> like, my muscles are just so weak now that it just... It, it, I've been in pain for like four days. <laughs> Delayed onset muscle soreness is real, guys. But um, hey, hopefully it's going to get better and very soon you know first week back hopefully it's going to start getting a lot better i say first week back this is as of may the 22nd uh, hopefully in a couple of months of solid gym i will be a beast let's see 
Maybe that's something I could do a podcast on in the future. Just general exercise, working out, physical fitness. It's another thing I'm passionate about in life. Maybe that's something we could do. Or is that a bit saturated? You see a lot of people on Instagram always posting pictures of themselves and saying, oh, work hard and you'll get the body like this. And that's a whole other story. Comparing ourselves to strangers online. Should we really be doing that? Are they setting unreal standards? Ugh. I don't know. My mind seems to be going all over the place right now. Okay, anyway, <laughs> let's bring it back to this series. You can see now, just looking at the timer, I think I'm going to do one more question for today, and then I will leave it there. So let's pick a good one. Oh, okay, this should be a good one. What should be genetically changed about humans to make them a better species? Now, there's a little tagline here about designer babies. So I'll very quickly go into that and then I'll actually answer the question. But if you guys have ever heard of designer babies, it's a pretty it's a pretty sick concept. And I don't mean sick in a good way, I mean sick in the bad way. It's the idea of we're getting much better at understanding our own genetic makeup and what makes us tick. And I can't remember what the genetic codes are. I think it's G A T C or something like that. But anyway, these four little uh, you know, I just don't know enough about this topic, but those four little kind of like coding blocks in our DNA is what decides everything about us genetically. So if you know like the a, a strand that goes GA, TC, TC, GA, AA, GT, bloody blah, gives you the eye color blue, then you can theoretically change someone's DNA so that they have blue eyes. And that's where the concept of designer babies come in is that we might get to a stage and we might be closer than we think where we can start specifying what we want our baby to have, you know, what traits we want them to have, which is obviously a very awful concept and it it takes out variety because then babies will just start looking like what's in, in Instagram at that time, you know? So that's obviously a very bad thing. Um, It stems though from a much nicer cause, which is to do with medicine. And that's perhaps if we see that They've got a genetic flaw which is going to, you know, cripple them for life or something like that. Then we can just do a little bit of editing to take that out, which to me that that's much more justifiable. But the idea of designer babies, oh fuck me, that's that's quite scary. And I hope I hope society doesn't come to that. Anyway, I just thought that'd be quite an interesting little nugget of information for you. Maybe I should call a series like Information Nuggets. You know, I feel, I feel like uh, I say a lot of random shit on here, which maybe one day would be useful in a quiz. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, what would you genetically change about humans to make them a better species? Well, I don't know about better species, but I think there are things that would be quite cool to have, right? Like if we could fly, that'd be great. So genetically change us to have wings. I think that'd be awesome. Um, <laughs> would it make us a better species? I don't really know. I think that'd be cool. Imagine if we could glow in the dark. I think that'd be pretty awesome. So we have the genetic code of one of those like deep sea angler fishes or something that glow in the dark. That'd be awesome. We wouldn't, we'd say, oh, actually, do you know what? That'd be so, because imagine how much we'd save on energy bills and things like that. You know, we wouldn't need lampshades and things, uh, lampshades, uh, lampposts outside. God knows how much energy that consumes. We'll just like click our fingers and we start glowing. Actually, I think that's a really good one. Scientists, if you're out there, start working on that. How can we start to glow and solve the energy crisis? There we go. Um, breathing underwater, that'd be pretty awesome. I don't think it would make us better as a species of anything. 
it might be a bad thing because it just means we'll start moving into the sea and just start fucking things up there even more than we fucked up things on land. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe that's not a good thing. Um, I'm sort of just like answering the question of what superpower would I have, wouldn't I? Maybe I should maybe I should ground this a little bit. What's what's more reasonable? Is there anything we genetically need to do? What's a genetic quality that I would change about the human species? Um, I don't know. I'm thinking of like empathy, but I don't know if empathy is is genetics. But I think there's something to be said about the world becoming a little bit more empathetic, and perhaps that would go a long way in just you know preventing people from being dicks to each other and stopping larger scale kind of atrocities from happening as well. But I don't know if that's a genetic thing or not. Empathy. I'm going to assume it is because they say that psychopaths is not genetic, but that's a like a biological. I guess it must be genetic, right? But they say that's a biological thing. You either are a psychopath or you aren't, so maybe as a result you can go the other way and genetically we could be made more empathetic towards one another. So that could be a good one. I'm sticking with the glow in the dark. I think that's an awesome idea. <laughs> Flying I don't think makes us I don't think makes us much more better or worse. Same with breathing underwater, I don't think that really it, as cool as it is, I don't think it really opens well, actually, no, it would open a lot to us, but I don't think it necessarily makes us a better species. Um, I would perhaps... I would genetic... Cause there are some diseases that are genetics, right? So things like diabetes. Well, actually, that can be a little bit of both. But there's always like a strong genetic inclination. You know, if, you, if your father's got it, there's a good chance you might get it as well. I'd get rid of that. I'd get rid of all that nonsense so genetically passed down inherited diseases i'll get rid of that um and that would make us better and also again see i'm trying to solve big world problems here so <laughs> if you do that that's going to be so much of a burden taken off um healthcare not just i was going to say the nhs then but that'd be worldwide so yeah so get rid of that genetic diseases i don't need any of that nonsense floating about and okay this isn't a genetic change i think i've answered all i can for genetics so glow in the dark and remove genetic diseases a little bit more empathetic so there we go that's my answer but another thing that i think we should just start working on and i think we should start working on it right fucking now is solving another problem which is to do with like airline travel and the the amount of emissions that airline travel has is insane like it's something crazy like if you fly for more than 10 hours in a year you've outputted the same amount of energy as you would as a household would in a year right so 10 hours of flight time equals to your household for an entire year like the the, the emissions are just disgusting it's filthy so in light of that i want us to start focusing on teleportation how the hell are we going to do that that's something i'd like to see and it'd just be so convenient wouldn't it if you just went to like pods that teleported you to somewhere else like i live in bristol family lives in london imagine that don't have a commute time anymore oh my god that would be game changing so yeah not genetics but something else i would like all the scientists out there to start looking at so go ahead <laughs> okay um with that i think i'm gonna call it there yep just looking at the clock i think we've got a uh, quite a few different questions there all in going off in different tangents i think any more and i might end up losing you <laughs> so yes 
I'll just say thank you for listening. I hope you find this interesting. You know, like I said at the beginning, this is as much as me finding out about my opinions as well as just trying to give you something cool to listen to. So yeah, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Please like, subscribe, drop a comment, get in touch with me on Instagram, and have a really good day. Thanks everyone, and bye!